Hey, I'm Coach Jay. I'm the G-Man. We've built this podcast for the hardworking men and women of the automotive community. Some of you will listen and be entertained. Others will listen and apply. Our purpose is to provide both. Welcome to the Hard Shop Life. I'm Coach Jay. And I'm the G-Man. The G-Man. Welcome back. The G-Man. Yeah. My, Welcome back. My unofficial handle, I guess I would say. Well, more official on, now bro. than unofficial. You're, you are 100% celebrity. I kind of grew into it. 100% celebrity. <laughs> Did I tell you when I was in Alhambra, California? So uh, for a little while, for those of you listening to this for a little while, I just uh, spent about 15 months working in, uh, uh, in a town called Alhambra, California, which mm-hmm. is um, just about five miles or so south of Pasadena. And uh, in Southern California, and uh, I had uh, I had my BMW. I was driving around for a while in in Southern California, my convertible. And in uh, about a month after I started working at this dealer group, I uh, I got into a car accident, mm. and, and a bad one, like one of the worst car accidents I've ever been. And I came flying around a corner. And there was a three car pileup. There was no way I was all you know. And I'm driving a state of the art 2016, you know BMW, and there's no way I'm stopping. And uh, I caught the front left corner. I tried to kind of steer out of it and literally just shredded the whole front Oof. side of it. So uh, airbags went off the whole thing. You knew whose fault that was? My fault. No. Your cholesterol. <laughs> the cl- it said, the- stop. <laughs> it's like, this is ridiculous. Get me on the, Crestor the now. The cholesterol's clouding my vision. Yeah, is that what you're over, saying? Bro. It's <laughs> got, over. I got mayonnaise rolling yeah. down my eyelids. Now, that's why you're on Crestor. Yeah. <laughs> Well, to finish my story, <laughs> um, yeah, so say, anyway, I smacked this car, get my car towed to the local BMW collision center. Uh, it was part of a BMW dealership. I show up there, I walk in, and I say, hey, look, you know, my car got crashed, and I'm looking for somebody, you know, to help me out. I need to get an estimate, you know, yada, yada. And the guy I hear, I hear, like, from the back of the of the, of the drive area here, is that the G-Man? No way. <laughs> I swear to God. No way. And I was like, what? That's awesome. <laughs> it's like, where's that coming from? Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, what a compliment. So, they, so they, the collision center man, he's a he's a body shop manager. Collision center manager listened to our old podcast yeah. and uh, and recognized me from that. And and so it was pretty funny. So anyway, so the, the handle, the G-Man sticks, um, and, oh, uh, yeah, and, and we're running with it. I'm a nobody. People are right now listening to this going, who the heck is Coach Jay? Well, they're going to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, real fast. <laughs> so, so what are we uh, talking about today, Coach Jay? So today's topic, uh, we're going to talk about, it, we're, we're, you know, we're going into the shop and we're getting technical. And when I talk about technical, I mean, we're going to figure some things out. We're going to talk about technicians, obviously. And we're really going to identify the mindset of the majority of the management that we've run into uh, in regards to their mindset on how to handle productivity in the shop. Okay. Would you agree with that? Efficiencies. We're going to look at, we're going to talk about stalls. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about technicians. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about, uh, we're going to talk about apprentices, having them or not. Yep. Helpers. Helpers. Apprentice. Yeah. Apprentice helper. Lube tech. But before we jump into that big G man, Let's talk about something more important that our audience wants to know about. Oh, yeah. What? Fight, 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 fight. What happened <laughs> with this big fight from la- from the last episode? Like, so what's I think it's update? hilarious, first of all, that we had a fight 
Oh, can you, our introduction on our first day. <laughs> our introduction episode, okay, is a fight. Oh man, fight! It's, well, we knew it was great. We we're yeah. like, oh man, this is going straight to the podcast. We're this, taking this to the top. This business can be funny sometimes. It's like, should we talk about effective labor rate? Should we talk about hours far out? No, we're not talking about a freaking fight. We're talking about a real fight. Fight. <laughs> so, so you're there. You go back to the store on Monday, and you see the service manager. Yep. This is after he's had this big conversation with the general manager involved. Yeah. They've had, so so the dust is pretty much settled, but not because we're you're walking in there going, well, what happened? Right. So yeah. why don't you f- fill in and tell our listeners? What so happened? just to recap, just quickly, there was a so we were at the shop. Um, we started you know this dealer group out here, and there was a, a you know we were at the shop. There was a fight between. A technician and service advisor. An advisor went out, kind of pushed the technician's buttons, get my car done, get my car done. Technician got a little upset. Advisor walked into the restroom to use the bathroom, was at the urinal, and the technician followed him in there and then shoved him into the urinal. Um, and then the advisor got upset, spun around, and you know, then they started going at it. They started going at it. There was an there was a fight. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily somebody was there to break it up. Mm-hmm. So so the question was, hey, who gets fired? We were talking about this in the last podcast. Yep. Who gets fired? And, you know, we were debating and talking about the theory and what the leader should do and what action should be taken. And the good news is the leader took all the appropriate action, in my opinion. Okay. He contacted the general manager, the owner of the dealer group, had kind of a sit down, talk about what they wanted to do, what the dealership's policy is on that kind of thing in terms of violence in the workplace and, uh, and how to come to a resolution. Um, and the, the the general idea, I think, coming out of those meetings was, you know, they got two really, really good, productive employees that they'd like to save, and uh, and the, but that those two guys have to um, have to be able to come together and and mend the fence as it is, right? And so that so so that was the mandate coming off of Friday. Fortunately, all this happened on Friday, and they had the weekend to kind of you know decompress. And then on Monday, this was all supposed to be round up. Excuse me. So, um, so Monday, I head over there. I, I walk into the shop. Manager's there, and basically, he said the advisor was still pretty pissed off, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Got shoved into a urinal. Yeah, shoved into a urinal, man. While he's actively in the process of using it. Boy, that's disgusting. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> no bueno. Um, and uh, so. You know, so he went to the tech and said, hey, look, you know what? I think the the deal is, you know, while you're both in the wrong, he feels like that the responsibility lied on him to for the apology, mm-hmm. just to kind of extend the olive branch. Um, and that, it, it, that you know, if they, couldn't, if they couldn't make that work, then, you know, both of those guys were probably on the short bus out of town. Mm-hmm. So, um, so he did. He apologized. They accepted they actually were able to mend the fence. They had a big meeting with everybody, and and the whole thing got cleared up. And fortunately, nobody got fired. And thank goodness, you know, for us, we're there to to make the dealership better. Mm-hmm. And here, all of a sudden, we're going to lose two of the top people right out of the mm-hmm. gate. It doesn't start out well for us. But I think it was a good ending. I think he did the right thing. Um, I think he showed strong leadership. I think his employees respect him more as a result of of that of being able to to fix that. Um, and I think, uh, I don't, I don't anticipate that ever, ever hap ever happening again in his shop. I think now that he's been through it, I think he kind of understands it. And I think, you know, last podcast I was talking about 
the rules of engagement. How are we going to interact with each other? How are we going to talk with each other? Mm-hmm. And I think he's established that for himself. And so at the end of this, I think, uh, you know, all's well that ends well. That's great. Yeah. That's so, good. It was a happy ending. Happy ending. Birds are chirping. Singing, yeah. Everything's good. Yeah. Mary Poppins yep. just left. Everything's good. Skipping down the yellow brick road. You know, Fantastic. the usual thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, <clears throat> and we that, are... was, that was a nice story. Let's get to the juicy stuff. <laughs> That was a nice story. That well, was a, that was a pleasant well, the, story. Well, the thing is, is that I want to know one thing, G-Man. What's that, bro? Last episode, mm-hmm. I brought up a very good point mm-hmm. that I know this is funny, but... Here it comes. When he pushed him in the urinal... Yeah. And he turned around. Yes. Was the junk in or out? <laughs> Seriously. Like, did you get to find that out? Did you ask? I did not ask. We had a whole... I did we had a not whole ask. episode about this. <laughs> like, how did you ask. not? Like, how could you not go up to the manager? Yeah, it's hey, weird. Man, I don't know, just man. Just on the side, like, 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 how upset was you it? You know, I'm just trying to protect our business here, bro. Like, I'm not thinking about junk. <laughs> no, I agree with that. I know, hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. It's not on top of mind. But, but the thing is, listen, man. Like, I, I would think that. Like, I'm when you're telling me the story, right? Like, uh-huh. when we're talking about the story, and I hear it, the only thing in my mind is, what am I going to do? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So what do you do? Zip or no zip? Dude, I'm pulling up pants, zipping, and then turning and fighting. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you probably would do the diff- diff- something different. You'd probably come running out like like stumbling. I don't know. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what you would do. But with my pants down around my ankles, like like, like a little penguin yeah. going, <laughs> "You so and so, come back here." <laughs> you know, um, I don't know, I don't know. I think it's funny. That sounds like something younger G man would do. Yeah, for, for sure. sure, for sure. Jesus, oh, not now, not at this age. No, thank you. So my fighting days we don't are know. behind me. We don't know the answer. We don't know. Okay, we don't know. Yeah. And the other thing I would say is if you were watched or watched or listened to, you can't watch yet. We're going to have video soon. But mm-hmm. if you listened to the last episode um, and uh, you, uh, you know, you made a comment or you, you were interested, I'd love to hear what you think about the res- resolution, too. Yeah. Um, you know, so we were interested in what people's thoughts were and how to resolve it. Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear what you what you thought about how he did resolve it. Right. And if you um, if you thought it should go in a different way. You know, if you felt like that, the, who he made, who he felt like the the responsibility, the apology lied upon, which was the technician. If he felt like that was the wrong thing, um, I think this is really like this topic to me is, is such a rich topic in terms of of how you know people are going to react to it, mm-hmm. and I and I'm just so interested to see where it falls. And I, I and I mean, there's rights and wrongs. Obviously, if you know somebody beats you up, that's wrong. You know, but this was you know. This was a you know a two sided deal and, right. and and so there were some wrongs and some rights and I'd love to hear opinions about which is which from both sides of the fence advisors and technicians so yeah so leave your you're comments, to this, you know, leave your comments with us yeah that'd be great so let's get down to the nitty gritty stuff of our episode today we are talking about the shop and you put it best it's one technician gets one stall or two stalls. Now, why are we talking about this today, G-Man? What did we encounter while we were doing this analysis? Well, we were tasked with um, mapping their productive capacity. You know, so we were kind of going through with the owner of the dealer group and his uh, right-hand man and talking about how, you know, what we felt like were some of the paths, some of the keys to success 
and how we were going to get them to, you know, the proverbial promised land, what mm-hmm. we're, what they're asking us for. And one of those things had to do with increasing their productive capacity. And there's a lot, there was a lot of back and forth about how many techs they had and how many stalls each store had. And the truth of the matter is they didn't have a real good handle on what, what the truth was, mm-hmm. you know, what, what was reality? Mm-hmm. What, what do they actually have? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so they tasked us with, um, going around, literally counting stalls and then who's in what stall and, and, and creating a productive or a production map of their entire organization, um, which took some time. They're not all on the same street. So we were traveling all around, um, checking them out, but it did pose the question, you know, we have one technician that has actually four, four stalls. Four stalls. Four stalls. Hold on. Hold on. Stop, 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 stop. One more time. Four stalls. There's a technician with four stalls. One technician or one technician with three apprentices? He's got an technician. Ap- he's okay. got an, an apprentice or okay. a, a trainee. Okay. But um, which is, you know, he's a trans guy. So they're giving him a trainee to try to pass his knowledge on. He's been 30 years, you know, doing trans. Okay. Um, and so, you know, I got no problem with that. But four, four stalls. Four Dude. stalls. Well, hold on. Hold on. Be careful because some of our audience members. Are in the domestic land. They're like, dude, are you kidding me? I have six stalls. I have five stalls. <laughs> six stalls. I have. I have the whole shop. I have I, thirty. Thirty stalls as one guy. Come on, man. Like, I do transmissions. I need twelve of them. I, you know, I mean, I guess I, I would say, you know, I was raised in this in this business. I've been in this business since nineteen eighty seven. I started as a technician. I had one stall mm-hmm. when I started. I have had one stall for my entire career. You know, and I've never, I've never felt like I needed more than one. If a guy was out sick or on vacation, I would, you know, sometimes borrow their stall and that was mm-hmm. convenient. Mm-hmm. But uh, the truth of the matter is I never really felt like I needed another one. Um, and I know the domestics are different. I know you're doing trans, it's different. And, you know, but the truth of the matter is, you know, my opinion, they can only work on one car at a time. And having two stalls is really more of a distraction than it is, uh, a reality or, or something that's really going to improve productivity. And I know that's a polarized, this is probably as equally a polarizing topic as the fight mm-hmm. and who's right and who's wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and I know I could get some hate mail over this mm-hmm. and trust me. If, 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 if Gary at JDI coaching.com <laughs> Gary at JDI coaching.com. <laughs> okay. Our producer can just cut that out. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> Um, no, but seriously though, I, I, I have much love for technicians. I don't, I, I don't, uh, I fight for those guys. I want those guys to make as much money as possible. Every shop that I've gone into in my entire career, I fight for their pay. I want them to be the highest paid guys in the market. I, um, I, I respect them a great deal. Um, I don't know that their skill set gets as much respect as it should. Their commitment to learning and purchasing tools. There is no other blue collar job that I can think of, you know, maybe a cabinet maker, but you know, that has to buy the amount of tools that, that a technician, an automotive technician has to buy. Like it's insane how much money I had. I had more than 50 grand in tools Wow. when I left there, you know? And so, so those kinds of things to me, they're near and dear to my heart. And I, but the other side too, is I think people want things or believe they, all right, let me back up. So I think I 
I feel, I'm not even going to say believe, I feel. Whoa, 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 why can't you say believe? Because I don't, beliefs are very. Very strong. Very strong word. Okay. So you don't so believe it, you. I have an idea, right? And, and, and a belief is a whole different thing. So. Got it. So I feel that they, they want the extra stall. The extra stall is a status thing. It's a, it's a trophy. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a thing like, what are you going to give me? That's not, that's outside of dollars and all this, because to truth be told, you can tell me until you're blue in the face, but I promise you, you're, you're not going to be more productive. It's just not going to happen. You can only work on one car at a time. It is just, it's just not going to happen. It's humanly impossible. So, G-Man, I have to, unfortunately, disagree with you. That is unfortunate and, and you're about to go down in flames. That's fine. But here's here's the thing. I'm often right, by I'm, the way. Well, hold on. Slow your, slow your britches. Slow your britches. So if I put my service advisor hat on, right, which is what I know okay. really well, I want my technician to have multiple stalls. Because I want my technician to have the ability to help on things, to do things for me on the side when I need them while he is doing a rear main seal, doing a water pump, doing whatever those things are so that I can tell him, hey, man, can you pull this in? Can you do a brake flush real quick? Can we do uh, you know, a, an oil change? Can we do front brakes? Can we do something? And what I'm saying, the reason I'm saying that is, you know, when you have the exhaust manifolds off or you're the lower this or the whatever the heck that is, and you have those pieces, you can't, you can't just ask this guy to, hey, man, put that down, pull, roll it out, and let's pull another car in because it's a weight or whatnot. I just, that's what makes it really hard for me. Okay, so let's analyze that for a second and think about the, the it's a, a lack of structure that's causing that right it's a lack of productive capacity that's causing that issue and so we were having this conversation today mm-hmm. right with uh with our one of our service managers in this group that we're working with we were out there today and we were talking about the, the stalls and we were talking about one of his techs out there doing an engine and uh and we were saying hey could you have room can you add more techs because we need more techs there the advisors are complaining and they don't have enough technicians, right? And so he said, um, he goes, yeah, well, we could put one there, but, you know, I like to leave that one open for him. I go, what for? Well, because if I get a car coming in, he's on that engine, he can jump over and do whatever that car is. But you're trading one for the other, right? If I have him doing, th- those hours are sitting there for that engine. If I have him working on that engine, I'm generating profit. If I have him come off of that engine now and do whatever's on that car next to him, I'm generating a profit on the car next to him, not on the car that's sitting there when nobody's doing anything to it. Mm. It's non-productive. It's not making us any money. And your production is not increasing that way. It's flat because you're trading one for the other. It's left pocket, right pocket, right? You're just taking the money out of one pocket and stick it in the other. Yeah, but hold on, hold on. But but what if but if this technician is super efficient and he has 10 hours on this engine— He's halfway through doing the engine. He only has two hours into it. He, we're plus three hours. We're at plus three hours. I can take him off of that car, put in, pull in the other car, and let's say I have a brake fluid service. I got front brake pads, and I got an oil change that's going to generate me three more hours that he can do in 45 minutes. I'm, I'm now, geez, I'm now plus five hours, and he goes back into the engine? 
Yeah, but you're not you're not plus anything. What do you mean? Let him finish the engine and then go to work. If you, you had can't. A, I have a demand. I mean, it's, it, I yeah, but that's it. So, okay, a, so that's the thing. Oh. It's the demand, right? It's not – you're not increasing productive capacity. You can't. He he is going to be 120, 150% efficient. That's what he's going to be. I don't care how many stalls you give him. That's what he's going to be, right? But you put a tech next to him. While he's doing that engine, that tech next to him is doing whatever job that was that came in. Guess what? Now both racks are being productive at the same time and making you money. Because his efficiency on one job or another is not really relevant to the discussion. The discussion is that rack has to turn dollars. When the lights are on and the doors are open, that cash register should be ringing in that rack every minute. That time you cannot get back. That's the thing about time that's the killer. The time is the most perishable inventory we have, and that is what we're selling. We're selling those technicians' time. And if you really think about it, if you really think about that for a second, how perishable that asset is and how little we do to protect it, right? Imagine a produce, guy that runs the produce department in a, in a grocery store, right? And he takes his lettuce and just sticks it out in the back on the porch out there in the sun and lets the lettuce – you can't sell that. Right? He's just out there letting it wilt. Well, we're doing that with their time. We're doing that with our time, our productive time as a, as a business, as an organization. We're not, we're not tending it. We're not making sure it's, it's fresh and it's shiny and it's ready to be sold. Right, All we're doing is we're just leaving it there. And then, well, then we're mean, exchanging mean, one on. time for another time. So, so you're mean you're, – well, let, me, let me get clarification here. You're talking about the stall not having anybody working on it. It's just there le- wasting time. Yeah, it's, it's, it's wilting. Just, it's just every just, every minute is a is a head of lettuce wilting in the sun, and then once it wilts, it's gone. You can't do anything with it, and it's worse than lettuce because it wilts faster. So, so you this, can't get it back. Okay. Uh, so oh, sorry. So how do you make up for that? Like, oh, oh, let me take that back. So, so let me let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. If I have the extra stall to be of help when necessary because the demand requires it when the car comes in and we upsell stuff or, or again, I hate that. I, please forgive me. I do not say upsell. I hate upsell. For the Understood. record, for the record, okay, for the record, upsell is a dirty word. Mm-hmm. And I know there's service managers, any manager, any advisor, any technician that's listening to this thinks that I'm crazy. But I'm going to tell you right now, we live in a world, and I'm not. I'm going to just finish this rant real quick. We live in a world where we are judged by the public by us being stealers of their money because we believe in this thing called upsell. Mm-hmm. So although technically it is an upsell, right? Saying it, believing it, defining it, all that stuff is absolutely wrong. We sell the needs of people of of the people. That's all we do, right? Okay. They come to us. Our responsibility is to inform them of their needs and empower them to for the, to for the decision. That's it, right? Do you agree or disagree? No, I agree. I agree. Okay. I think that's a whole topic for another. And we'll, we do, do, a whole we'll do another that. show on that. We'll do another for sure. So my thing is this. If the stall is there and we need it there for this situation that could arise, right? but now you have a technician that's there. Let's say there's two engines going in there. What do you do now? 
What do you do now when you have the advisor who's out there? And okay, he so does, here's which the is, thing. Which is happening. Which, hold on. It's happening at that store. The technician, the advisors are saying, I don't have enough technicians right. to do what needs to get done. Well, that's the answer to the entire question. You don't have enough technicians. And here's the common mistake that managers make is that they manage and, and staff for the slow times, not the busy times. Every manager we've talked to so far has told us the exact same thing is that they don't want to put a bunch of bodies out there and starve their techs out. Right. Right. Yep. They don't want to flood the floor. And if you're nope. a technician and you're listening to this, you're like, yeah, yeah, that's right. We don't need another guy next to us. But the truth of the matter is, is if the business is going to be successful, you need to make sure you have enough productive capacity to fill the busy times. And that's it. And yeah, it's going to get slow. And I've been in this business more than 30 years now. And it's been feast and famine. I've been through two recessions, right? I have seen some stuff go up and down and up and down. And yeah, it's, you're, you know, it is that way. You're going to have some slow days. You're going to have some slow months. It's just how it works. But I'm telling you, I don't care who you work for or where you work. If your company, the company that you work for is not healthy, that is not going to be good for you. So just as a story. So, you know, again, I'm, I'm working at a dealer um, and there was another dealer probably about 30 miles down the street from us that was stealing our technicians. And they were offering them the moon and the stars rack. Oh, I'm giving you four racks. I'm going to get a guaranteed 40 hours a week. And, oh, they're going to give me this and they're going to have this and it's going to be so great. It's going to be so great. And so this went on for almost an entire year. This company was stealing our technicians and stealing our people. And the technicians that went over there would come back to our store and tell them how great it was down the street and try to steal them away, right? So, and we were paying the highest in the market at the time, but I had a high effective labor rate. So we were able to do that and maintain profitability. Um, so I was paying them all the money. There was, it wasn't a money thing for sure. But definitely the stall thing came into play. And I lost, I probably lost five or six really, you know, solidly trained technicians over that. Well, guess what? That dealership's gone. What? Like gone, gone? Gone. Like close the doors, gone? Shut the doors. Everybody lost their job and the place is gone. Nobody wants it. Nobody will take it. They're trying to give it away. They literally are looking for a dealer to take it and nobody wants it. It was in such bad shape and was so poorly run and had no, there was no um, window of opportunity there where you could get the profitability to a point in which it would actually make sense for somebody to take it. They literally chained up the doors and walked away and the place is vacant and it's been vacant for months. Jeez. Crazy, right? Yeah, very crazy. So what was, so what's the moral to the story, Right. Oh, all these guys don't that, go to the racks. Yeah. Don't go well, to no. the place that has a lot multiple I'm racks. I'm telling you, I'm telling you guys, technicians, please, please, I'm begging you, listen to me. Because I care about what happens to you. And I promise you, if it's too good to be true, it's too good to be true. And you're gonna go to some place that's gonna shut the doors and you're gonna be out on the streets. If you've got a good manager and you got a good leader and he's got good, 
He's got, you know, he's monitor he's monitoring all the metrics, all the things he should be. He's he's driving work through the shop. He's doing the right thing. If you leave because you don't get three racks or you don't get two racks, you're doing the wrong thing. You're doing yourself a disservice. Because I promise you, this place out here, every place you're looking at that has guys that have more than one rack, like this shop right now that we're talking about right now, where the technician has four racks, it is the least profitable store in the group. Yeah. That's absolutely They true. are losing money. They're losing money. So we're going to keep losing money and shut no. the doors, right? No. And so, 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 G-Man. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm dominating the conversation, but no, no, no. I'll, no, no, I'll no. pause my no, no, tirade. No, 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 no. What can we tell our audience members? I want, let, let's give some tips. First and foremost, I agree with you. Okay? I agree with you. I agree with you because I've seen it. I've, I agree with you because I've done it. I agree with you because... We've experienced all ends of it, okay? Jeez Louise, I've been in this business over 20 years myself. And I'm telling you that when you take a technician and you take a stall away from him and give him one stall, I don't know what it is. That son of a gun makes it happen. Yeah. Okay? It it, it it's almost it's almost eerie to say that. It's the exact same thing that happens when you add another advisor to the service drive. Exactly. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Okay. And the thing is, is I've always said it and I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. If you slow down, you connect with the customer. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm not talking, look, man. I <laughs> We've been taught this way of saying, ooh, find things to connect. Talk about their children. Talk about this. Talk about that. Talk about their baseball team. Yeah, you can do all that. But I'm going to tell you right now that I have more people that I have talked to, the, the public, okay, the consumer. And today's consumer says one thing. If I'm coming to you, handle that first and then talk to me about my kids. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about what I'm there for, Right. Then I'll let you be my friend. Tell me that you know what you're talking about. Tell me that you're going to take care of me. Tell me that you are respectful of my time. And then I'll start telling you, I'll start telling you what my kids do and what I'm going to do this weekend. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, again, different rant, another episode. Back on topic. When it comes to these technicians, tell us, G-Man, what, what are the best practices? What is your recommendation to, to our service manager? To our technician that has multiple stalls. To Okay, so here I'll give you. I'm going to give you the layout. Here's the layout, right? So the first thing you want to do is you want to make sure you have good communication lines with your technician body. You're, you're meeting with them often. You're talking with them often. You should have, you know, most of the guys we've gone to their shops, they've, they've got a daily, a weekly, if not daily, technician meeting. Mm -hmm. um, and they do, they do a roundup and kind of talk about what's going on. You, you want them to be part of the conversation. Too often we leave them out of the conversation because their time is, is money. And if we're talking to them about something else, that's not making us money. Mm -hmm. And so, but the truth of the matter is that they, we're doing them and ourselves a disservice. Mm -hmm. So talk to them, get them in to the know so they mm -hmm. know what's going on. Um, and then what I did is, you know, I told everybody, I said, hey, look, here's the thing. I go. I'm I'm coming and I'm bringing I'm bringing the pain, but I'm also bringing the pleasure. Like it, I, I I'm gonna take a stall. I might take a stall away from you, but at the same time, I promise you, if you listen to me and you follow me, 
and you do what I'm asking for you to do, you give me just a little bit of faith, I promise you, you will make more money this year than you've ever made in your entire life. I promise you. Because the one thing I know is if I can get the profitability in line and I can get our ELR right, I can pay them more than anybody else. I also know I can, we can, you know, we can teach advisors how to sell, right? Mm -hmm. We know how to do that. We know how to drive customer pay labor sales. So I can drive more hours through the shop than any other, any other service department around. So I can pay them more and I can drive more hours and they will make more money. And when that starts to happen in one stall, instead of the three or four that they've had, they start to believe. And you also have to be ready as a manager to lose a couple of guys. Because there's going to be some people, like in my example, where they go down the street to try to find the better, you know, the bigger, better deal, right? Yeah. But the but you the guys that'll stay with you, your core guys, will be loyal to you, and you can build from that, which is what I did. Is I'm just letting him telling you, man, if you ain't along for this ride, I I got no problem with that. I'm not trying to be a jerk about it, but at the end of the day, like I want to take this dealer somewhere. And this dealer down the street went out of business. If that guy would have just stood up and said, let's do the right thing, the metrics are easy to follow. They're laid out for us. If we follow the metrics, right, meaning, you know, we know every stall needs to gross a certain amount. Mm -hmm. If we follow that rule and we make sure that that happens, the business will be profitable. I can turn hours. Customers will come spend money there. And everybody there makes money and can live there for a very, very long time. You don't do that, and you end up like my story down the street, and they're shutting the doors. But that's my advice. Pay attention. So first of all, first and foremost, every stall should be doing, you know, let's say nine to thirteen thousand in a domestic, or you know, you know, I, I say ten to fifteen. That's what. All right, I let's said. call it ten to fifteen. Well, it's because I've seen it. It's because I've seen it. You know, I've seen stores, and and look. People are going to listen to this and say, oh, you're talking about California. You're talking about New York. You're talking about New Jersey. No, man. Okay. I, I know stalls. I have stalls in middle America that's generating $16,000, mm -hmm. uh, you know, $16,000 per tech with one stall. Yep. It's a system. If you generate a system and a culture where everybody's communicating with each other, where every single intricate part of that store is in constant communication, right? You can make success work. Let me give you an example of one of the stores that is killing it, killing it, okay? Every morning, morning meeting, they talk about what's going to happen. What's going to happen in regards to how many appointments we have? Who's going to, what have we done to be prepared for those appointments? What have we done to prepare for what those people's needs may be? What are we going to do about taking care of what we have currently in the shop and associating it to what's coming in as well so we can deliver on our experience? Experience is key. Then after that's said and done, we go into the shop. We gather the text rather quickly. We talk to them. Here are the appointments for today. This is what's going on. Give me a heads up and tell me when are you available, how we can make things happen throughout the day. We'll be in constant communication and let you know this is what's going to happen. We see according to the appointments list today, there's going to be a spike at 11. There's going to be a spike at nine o'clock. And, and I'm telling you, everybody listening to this goes, oh, Jerry, you're, you know, Coach Jay, the, the spike is every morning at 7 a.m., 6 a.m., 8 a.m. when we open. Control it. Communication is the key. Mm -hmm. Everybody spends more time 
pointing fingers at each other, complaining about a different department. The BDC doesn't know what they're doing. The parts department doesn't know how to order parts. Everybody wants to point the finger instead of grabbing each other's hands, talking to each other and saying, we can make this happen. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. Okay. And when that happens, everything is fluid. Okay. That's where I have service advisors that come to me. I had one service advisor this year come up to me and say, Coach Jay, I've never made more money in my life. In in 2019, I made more money than I ever have in my life. He says, I will do whatever you tell me to do Mm -hmm. this point forward. I said, I didn't do anything. You did it. You did it. You did it. You communicated and you followed the process alongside your peers in order to accomplish what you wanted to accomplish this year. Yeah, and I think that's the important thing is that they, they're out there doing it. Yeah. They have to do it. Yeah, they have to do it. So I think as a manager, knowing the metrics, you know, to go back to the stalls, you know, knowing the metrics, understanding the math, the math, you know, we were just saying ten to 15,000, let's say. I know on the high end, you know, Highline, Mercedes, BMW, you know, Range Rover, Range Rover whew, can be really high. Mm-hmm. Um, those Those cars are crazy. But uh, you can get up around twenty grand in some cases, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. especially in the, on the West mm-hmm. Coast where the labor rates are high. So you know, but in that range, you know, you, you got to kind of play with the math and figure out where you're at. Um, you can actually do an equation with your labor rate that I'm not going to go into right now. But if you go to our website, and, you know, I'll have it on there for you. Okay. Um, JDI, JDI Coaching. Yeah. JDI, JDI Coaching dot com. And then, um, you know, we got a bunch of free resources on there that can help you with that. But I would go there to check it out. Uh, but so that, so that's number one. You want to make sure that that productive math is there. That's where everything starts, right? You want to make sure you got a high ELR. You know, you want to make sure you've got enough money to pay your tax. And, you know, a lot of places are like, oh, we're, we're the cheapest in town. We're the cheapest in town. Well, that's, that's no feather in your cap. Like, I want to be the most expensive in town. Yeah. I want to be the one that, that's that's providing the highest level. I got the best tax in the shop. Yeah. Who doesn't want to pay for that? Yeah, exactly. So I want the best tax. I want to pay them all the money. Yeah. And then I'm going to charge people for that because you know what? That's a tough thing to do. Yeah. That's why you're bringing it to me. You're not doing it in your driveway. I agree. So that's the other side of it. High LR pay. Be proud of what you got. Proud of your inventory. That time, those guys that provide that time, they're coming here and spending their lives here. That That means something. Right, they're buying these tools. They're committing to doing the job. Then let's charge for that. People should pay for that, and they're they're and they're willing to pay for that. So you do the you set yourself up that way. I think that the two stall thing starts to evaporate. You know, they're making money. You're driving hours. You're a manager. You can see that you're. They can see you're a leader. You're making good decisions. You know, you're on top of things. You've got a direction. We're taking them somewhere. We got goals. You know, you're following the metrics. You're making a profitable department. You're communicating with them. I, I don't see, I, I, you know, I'm not going to say everybody's going to stay because that didn't happen for me, but I would tell you this, you can find more. Yeah. And, I, and it, so, so here's the funny part. So I'm going to, I'm going to leave with two things. I'm going to say two right. things with this. We're going to leave with two things. One, follow the metrics. Mm-hmm. G-Man is 100% correct. Second, because I'm going to call out, I'm going to call the elephant in, in the room. Oh, well, if I take the stall away from my tech, then... What am I going to do at that stall? We're telling you get another tech. Well, there's no techs available out there. <laughs> Guys, girls, anybody listening to it? That podcast episode is coming. Yeah. We're going to tell you about how to get techs. We're going to tell you the techniques to do it. Mm-hmm. Okay? All right? We'll give you the free stuff. We'll give you the free stuff. Okay? To get the behind the curtain stuff, got to reach out to us. Yeah. 
You got to contact us. We'll give you that. But I'll tell you right now that if your stalls are not generating 10 to 15,000, 10 to 15,000, you got a problem. Yep. You got a problem. Okay. And I'm not talking about 10 to 15,000 per tech because that tech who has three stalls creating, generating 15,000 is $5,000 per stall. Right. You're way behind. You have a problem. Right. Fill it with techs. Fill it with process. You'll get profit. I'm going to leave it at that. I had one more point to make, but that was pretty good. So visit us at jdicoaching.com. Check us out there. How to Hire Technicians is coming. Yep. We've done it. We'll talk about that. We'll have some free resources there for you to to download. I got a free pamphlet that goes through steps that I've done on how to hire techs up. And you can you can read all about it, but tune in for the next episode, and we'll see you next time. G man, it's been a pleasure, buddy. Awesome, Man's coach great. J. Adios, adios. adios.